Fact, rumour, scrutiny, suggestion. The Huddle. Right, on The Huddle with us we have Ali Jones of Red PR and we have Trish Sherson of Sherson Willis PR. Hello, you two. Hello. Hi, Heather. We will come back to the maths. Trish, what do you make of Jacinda calling David an arrogant prick? I think it just shows the pressure that's coming on um, and obviously the opposition is starting to get really under the Prime Minister's uh, skin. She's not the first minister on that side of the House who has in the last few weeks been um, felt the pressure in the House and made a misstep. Uh, and don't forget, this is also, um, you know, Dave, one of the things that David Seymour is really great at, and think about how he did this to Winston prior to the last election, he is great at getting under people's skin. Yeah, what did you think, Ali? The first thing I thought of was, um, my God, she's a human being. I Honestly, mm. that was the first thing. I, it is unprofessional, and she really makes mistakes like this. I totally agree with Trish. I think it is the pressure coming on. It's not something you'd expect from her or, or from any senior politician. But, you know, the stress that they're under and the idiots in that place, how, how could you not make, uh, you know, the odd mistake like that? And again, Trish is right. Seymour uh, um, is brilliant at not only getting under people's skin, but taking advantage of something like this. Now he's springboarding off this and saying, look, thanks for the apology, but why doesn't she apologise for other things? And then he gets into his key messaging. I mean, he, he really is very good at this stuff. Yeah, Trish, I, I think that um, Ali struck something there, because that was my reaction as well, was, oh, thank God, there's a human behind the kindness robot. <laughs> there's actually a person in there. It's it's almost refreshing to see the real Jacinda, don't you think? I don't think this is bad for her. I don't think it's bad for her either. I mean, I don't think any of her core supporters would be surprised that that is her view on uh, David Seymour. Um, and actually, someone mentioned today that, you know, there is there has been a loss for the Prime Minister in her ability to communicate as a human being, uh, particularly in the last 12 months. So, yes, yeah, for some people, they probably think it is pretty refreshing. <laughs> All right. Ali, how, how have we ended up in this situation, right? We don't have weird reading anxiety, but we do have weird maths anxiety. How did this happen? Well, we don't know. We haven't got weird reading anxiety. I mean, this has come out because of the work that's been done around professional development for maths teachers. I mean, I wonder if it's two things, actually, and I did hear your, your guest on just before. We know that it's related to the, the teacher's experience as students themselves, right? Now, I, what I want to know, and you might be able to answer this, is what sort of ages are we talking? We're talking teachers in their early 20s, I would suspect. And if we are talking about those those younger, newer teachers, they would have been going through the tomorrow's school strategising way of learning maths. So there was less emphasis on, on numeracy, on parrot fashion, on the basic skills and learning uh, time tables if you like and I thought it was a bloody ridiculous thing I remember going in and, and challenging my kids teachers about it so mm. I wonder if some of the anxiety is coming from that together with the general anxiety in young people today I think you put those two things together and it's not really that surprising but we do Trish we do have a we have a particular problem with maths don't we I mean we, this is a recurring thing that we're hearing from the teaching profession which worries the hell out of me that they do not feel able to teach maths which just makes you think well you know, then the kids are not going to learn maths and the problem's going to be repeated. I agree. As a country, we would get a D on both maths, reading and writing currently. But you're right, in practical terms, a maths in schools uh, has left 
so many kids struggling uh, and that would carry through uh, into your professional career as a teacher because don't forget you know particularly primary age teachers they have to they're like a GP right they have to be able to teach a little bit of um, a bit of everything and the way we have taught it has been an issue but also again the key to these things is if we don't uh, make it a priority in schools to give kids particularly practical maths it's going to see us continue to slide down the rankings. Back with the huddle, Ali Jones, Tricious. And Ali, Chris Luxon's had to apologise today. He's apologised if anyone was offended about the comment that he made, which is if you're sitting in a garage in South Auckland with your two brothers and you're thinking about life and where you're going consciously or unconsciously, the gang life looks pretty attractive. Did he need to apologise for that? Well, he didn't apologise. He, he said, "If I, as soon as you say, I'm sorry if I offended, that's not an apology for a start. So uh, let's get that straight. Um, secondly, I don't have a problem actually with what he said. He was talking after having uh, spoken to social workers and others that, that live and work in the area and see young men particularly joining gangs as being a real problem. So how can you talk about solutions and raise issues if you don't talk about the problem? I find this really frustrating because as soon as someone sticks their head above the parapet and talks about issues like this, they are accused of being racist, they're accused of uh, not acknowledging the wider community. He's dealing with crime. That's what he talked about. Trish? I agree. We are in danger in election year next year of getting locked into an apology tea circle where all we do every day in the news cycle is go around, find a statement, as Ali's pointed out, that that people uh, you know, want to be offended about. And what we're going to do if that happens is we're going to miss the very real and fundamental debates that we have to have mm. on the huge variety of major issues that New Zealand's facing next year. Trish, also, see, I, I'm not sure that this strategy works for Labour because if Labour constantly, and they're picking at a lot of comments along the similar lines that Chris Luxon's making, what they're doing is they are tying up the news media in outrage when people are, you know, faux outrage about this. The voters don't look at this and think, oh, geez, I'm outraged, and they just carry on, right? So it actually serves no purpose other than drawing attention to Chris Luxon. Well, and exactly right. It draws attention not only to Luxon, but it draws attention to the contest between Luxon and Ardern. And this is a great example, right? People will go, oh, well, you know, she's worried about not saying mean things about people. He's actually worried about getting on with fixing things. That's the problem they've got. Ali, mm-hmm. 150% increase in the last 10 years in house and contents insurance. You notice this? Um, yeah, insurance is one of my, one of my things after what we went through in... Christchurch and Canterbury with the earthquakes. I mean, I've worked around insurance and insurance claims for the last 10 or 11 years. We have got one of the most unregulated insurance sectors in the world, you know, and I think it's a shame that this isn't being addressed. We should be looking at what people are paying and what they're getting for the service because I am sure that the increase in the premiums is not being matched by what people are getting in, in service delivery from insurance companies. One thing I would say is after experiencing what happened in Christchurch, it's the best thing we ever did was having, and look, we're fortunate, right? We could afford it, but it was the best thing we ever did. But read the policy, read the exclusions, and look around every year for better options. But try and have insurance if you can. It's quite remarkable, Trish, that 17% of people who don't have this, this the house and contents insurance, don't have it because it's too expensive. Mm. 
Yeah, I mean, it is a big expense for households. And unfortunately, in a country that is really worryingly underinsured, uh, it's the kind of thing that people, if they're making a choice between can we make, make the mortgage payments, um, yeah. they will, you know, knock this off the list. But, but again, insurance is so critical to all those things, particularly if you're a mortgage holder, you have to have uh, the right insurance. The, the sector has been through huge reviews over the, over the past um few years um, but you know obviously there's more work to do for insurers to talk to policyholders about the value that they're getting guys good to talk to you thank you so much for your time Trisha and a Merry Christmas to you actually I won't see you again before uh, Christmas time Ali Jones Red PR and Trisha and Sherson Willis PR